Welcome back, you Jack Wagons. It's our Friday episode of Jack Wagon Sports Podcast. I'm George. I'm Nick, and the AFC is terrible. <sighs> no, oh, this all right. one's all you. Go ahead. Go ahead. In all honesty, I mean, everybody knows AFC is the lower level of the two. Um, but Lamar Jackson on Thursday. Uh, what day did we record the other episode? Monday, Wednesday. I believe. Wednesdays, or the MVP episode was on Monday when we were talking about him being MVP. Uh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, Monday. I was just talking about how he finally was was growing on me. I was finally starting to believe in him as a true leader, um, a true quarterback, somebody that the Ravens could rely on. And he comes out. And does this. Um, quite honestly, 26 of 43 for 238 and one touchdown, one interception. It really doesn't sound terrible, but when you're talking about the Heisman conversation. The Heisman. Or, I'm sorry, I said that earlier. <laughs> the MVP conversation. Um, though he's familiar with both. Um, you can't put a game like this together, not against Miami. Um, you know, if they happen to be facing the the Rams or the Cardinals and they put, you know, a a hard-fought, slightly low-scoring game, it's arguable. But against the Dolphins, um, for reference, like I said, 26-43 through 60% for 238 yards. Now, we'll say the touchdown and interception negated each other. So, just 238 yards. Tua and Brissett combined for 19 of 36, 53%, so less on the percentage, but 314 yards and zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Lamar Jackson, in an MVP conversation season, got outplayed by two and Brissett, and you just can't have that happen. I 100% agree. Um, obviously, I had Lamar starting this week in fantasy, um, and I. <laughs> I think we that. talked about in that episode how you were going to start him in fantasy because you made the mistake of not doing it too. So yeah, because I mean, I I have I have him and Josh Allen on my team, and every week I'm like, okay, I'm letting Josh Allen ride, except for his bye week, um, and Lamar sits on my bench and, and puts up pretty decent numbers every week. Well, last week he had like over 30 points. Josh Allen had nine. I was like, okay, that's it. I need to switch them. I switched them. Now, he di- he didn't score terrible. Um, he did give me a good amount of points, um, but definitely not what I was expecting. <laughs> um, and I was, I was a little upset. Um, no, it, he, he got me 15.42 points. Um, now, Josh Allen plays the Jets. Now, the Jets are, are surging a little bit, but at, at this point right now, I regret making that switch in this league. Um, <laughs> Now we'll we'll see Sunday if 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 that still holds true, um. But yeah, the 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 Ravens just could not get out of their own way last night. Uh, they just kept constantly shooting themselves in the foot, um. And when you're playing a, a, a bad teams, that's usually how it goes. Either you play when you're a game and you blow them out, or you make enough mistakes to let them hang around and they start to get that belief in them that hey, we we can beat these guys. You know we have a good shot and. You know, they get a couple bounces to go their way. They had that uh, the fumble they took to the house. Um, that was, you know, basically just the can of worms opened up, and they were able to, to sneak out that victory. Um, I was watching it last night, and it, it looked like it was going to be like how you said it was going to go on Wednesday, that, you know, it was going to be a close first half, come out of the half 
Ravens would get their, their minds right and just pull away with it. Um, that's what I thought was going to start happening. Obviously, I predicted the Ravens just run away all night. Um, but they went into halftime and go, okay, all right, Ravens got this. They're going to calm themselves down, regroup, come out, and just run all over the place. And they didn't. They, they couldn't get anything going. Uh, Lamar finally got his passing touchdown. Um, but like you said, he also threw the interception. And they just could not stop shooting themselves in the foot. And if, you know, this is a team that the AFC um, North, excuse me, the AFC North uh, this year is, is wide open for them. Um, it looked like the Bra- or the Bengals of all teams were going to start running away with it. Now they're starting to show that, you know, they're not in the greatest position. Um, the Steelers are starting to look better and better. Um, now that might be because of who they're playing, but regardless, they're starting to look more complete than they did the first three weeks of the season. Uh, the Browns are starting to turn around. They finally got OBJ out of that locker room. Um, so hopefully they can continue to build and, and improve. But the Ravens have looked pretty consistent all year at least. Um, you know, a few letdowns here and there, but they've also shown really uh, great promise in a lot of games. Um, I agree. So it was just curious to see how they performed last night. Um, so for their sake, and, you know, my father-in-law's sake, uh, I really hope they get it together here. <laughs> um, so, anyway, that was Thursday Night Pro Football. Now, over in the college game last night, we had North Carolina at Pitt. Um, going the halftime, Pitt was up two scores. Um, and it was much. It was that way much of the, the second half as well. And so about five and a half minutes left, North Carolina went, oh, we're, we're playing football. I, I forgot. I thought we were a basketball <laughs> school. Um they tie the game up with just under a minute left, going to overtime, and they realize, oh, wait, we're not supposed to be doing this to a ranked team uh, two weeks in a row and just shut down. Uh, so Pitt, you know, holds them off, sneaks out of overtime with a victory at home. Um, now they are the clear front runners in the, the Coastal Conference. Um, they're sitting at 5-1 right now in the conference, 8-2 uh, and two overall. Virginia is the next closest team at 4-2. and two. Um and they play each other next week, or for Pittsburgh at home. So if they're able to walk out of there with a victory, that'll be huge for them. Over in the Atlantic, uh, it's a toss-up between Wake Forest and North Carolina State, who played this weekend. Um, and that's going to be a great game. Wake's sitting at 5-0 uh, in the Atlantic. Uh, North Carolina State's at 4-1. and um, So that'll be a huge game this weekend to see who takes the, the stronghold there in the Atlantic Division. Um so that wraps up Thursday night football. <clears throat> Pretty exciting night overall. Yes, sir. All right, moving on. We are uh, going to give you college and NFL predictions this weekend. Uh, we picked six games in each. Um, we're going to you know, make our picks, discuss back and forth who we think is going to win. And uh, we'll, yeah, <laughs> from there. All right, so we're going to start off with our Saturday games, of course. Um, so up first, I, I know who Nick's going to pick. Um, oh, six. We have Michigan. At Penn State. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, um, don't let the rankings fool you. We got twenty three and nine, but if you look at the spread, it's only one point five. Um, this is a game that, quite honestly, depending on how other games go, could create some chaos. Uh, Penn State has Michigan and Michigan State back to back, and not saying that they will, but if they were to win those two games in a row, it would definitely create some chaos, especially if Ohio State 
happens to lose to them, say Purdue. <laughs> this is that one too. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, obviously my pick is Penn State. All right, I'm I'm gonna go with Michigan. Uh, I do believe I it's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be a close game. Um, now, like I said on Monday, I think Michigan's dodging a bullet with this being an afternoon game. Um, you know, if they can get an early start before most of the, the college fans or college students show up, uh, I, I think it'll be enough for them. But uh, at, at the end of the day, I think Michigan is a better team. Uh, if they can close out a second half and like they did against Michigan State, they'll be fine. Um, but I think it's just going to be a little too much for Penn State to handle. Um, moving on, we have Oklahoma at Baylor, another noon kickoff game. Okay, so I have Oklahoma. Um, and this is a game I was thinking about it for a while because it was very intriguing. Um, Oklahoma, I feel like, has squeezed by a lot of the season, not all of it. They've shown their spurts of dominance. Um, but you get late in the season like this, um, you start thinking about, you know, what's, what's coming next, the games you might have coming up, or, you know, you're sitting at number four, you're thinking about Georgia, um, so this was definitely a game that I had circled as far as, you know, there could be a big upset here, and it's been the season for it. Yeah, absolutely, uh, I'm actually going with Baylor. Um, they're coming off a tough loss last weekend uh, to TCU um, when it was looking like they maybe had an outside shot at a playoff position if they won out and won the Big 12. Um, you know, they, they lose a tough one at home to TCU. Um, they're getting Oklahoma now again at home this week. Um, Oklahoma just has not done enough or shown me enough to, to give them my, you know, my utmost faith. Um, and I just think Baylor is going to be the team where uh, a 100% unclean, or excuse me, I just think Baylor is going to be that team where if Oklahoma doesn't have a perfect game, uh, you know, limit their turnovers, you know, finish possessions, uh, keep their defensive tight, um, I think Baylor is going to be the team that, if anybody, is going to expose them and walk out of their home field with a victory over Oklahoma, ruining Oklahoma's chances of, of the playoffs. Uh, the committee already doesn't look at them you know, with much favor, ranking them at eight, being undefeated. Um, and I, I think this is the week where Oklahoma's sloppy play bites them, finally. Um, so, yeah, I, I Baylor winning a, a very close game. I think it's going to be your typical Big 12 game with a lot of high scoring. Um, but I, I see Baylor pulling this one out. Um, I like it. Moving on, we have Georgia visiting Tennessee. So, Tennessee can be a difficult place to play. That crowd gets going. Um, it's a good home atmosphere for Tennessee, yeah. but I don't see this being close. Georgia is just too good, too powerful. Um, they might stick around a little bit, kind of like I'd said before. Uh, you know, maybe end of the first quarter, it's close, and Tennessee fans are tweeting with eyes looking to the side, but come the end of the game time, it's it's not going to be close. Uh, I'm 100% agreeing with you on this one. Um, I, I think I think Tennessee makes it close in the first half. Um, Georgia, the past few weeks, has had a habit of having a, a rough start. Um, you know, 
if we're going to get into well, they're going to get into the playoffs almost more than likely. Um, you know, unless you know some unforeseen losses happen. Um, I say let's think about that though. Like Tennessee pulls this game off. Crazy. I don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the the shock waves it would send through college football would be just outrageous. Um, but yeah, I think Tennessee makes it close here in the first half. Um, but Georgia in the second half puts her foot down and shows you why they're ranked number one, and they they pull away. Um, so yeah. Do you I, think I, they cover the spread? Uh, it was a twenty-one point spread. I I, I do. Um, I think there's gonna be too much. I was just curious. Yeah, I, I think there's gonna be too much there at the end. Um, and they're they're gonna win by at least I would say at least four scores, if not more. Um, but moving on, next we have a big game in the Big Ten, uh, Purdue at Ohio State. Um, I have Purdue actually winning this game, upsetting, stunning the nation three weeks in a row, opening up the Big Ten like it's a can of biscuits and just running wild. Um, I don't imagine it's going to be a blowout by any means. It's going to be Ohio State's going to keep them in this game, and it's going to come down to the end, and you know what it's like when teams that shouldn't be in a game are in a game at the end. Yeah, I, I agree with you for the most part. I do think Ohio State's going to win this, um, but I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, Ohio State just hasn't shown me enough yet this year with quality opponents that they're the team to you know just run run all over them. Um, I think it's going to be. And very, this is a huge trap game. No, absolutely. Um, but I, I think Ohio State got a wake up call watching Michigan State just get thumped last week by Purdue. Um, but I think with Purdue coming into Ohio State, um, Ohio State getting that wake-up call watching what happens, I think they're going to do just enough to, to walk out of there. Not convincingly. I think it's going to be a close game. I definitely um, think it's going to be close yeah. regardless. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking 31-28, uh, 31-24, something like that. Um, but I, I, I still think Ohio State's going to do just enough to win. Um, and at the end of the day, then they're going to look at the committee and say, okay, we have a a ranked win now. Um, two, actually. You know, you got to move us up. Let's go. Put put us at number three above Oregon. Um, I don't think they should be there because as long as Oregon wins this week, they still beat you at home. Um, so. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, uh, I've made comments about the committee favoring Ohio State before, and whether true or not regardless, but... <laughs> um, I can't imagine how the committee could sit there and and say that if Oregon continues to win and wins out, even if Ohio State continues to win and wins out, like you said, Oregon beat Ohio State. I couldn't imagine how the committee could justify doing that. I, I agree. Um, so moving on, we have probably the game of the week. Uh, college game day is going to be there. But we have Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Now, Texas A&M wins. They stay in the hunt for winning or getting into the SEC championship. They need Bama to lose one more game because they had two rough losses uh, in conference already this year. Um, so they're trying their hardest to keep their hopes alive of getting to the SEC title game in Atlanta. Um, so huge game for them at Ole Miss. Who do you got? Um, I have Texas A&M for this one. Uh after watching that defense against Bama, I believe that they have the defense to stop uh, Corral in that offense. Um, 
their receivers going to be, their offense is going to have to step up in order for them to do this. Um, I definitely think they can. Uh, Ole Miss's defense is, is tough, but I think that they have the firepower needed to get the job done. Um, a low spread, I imagine, is probably going to be somewhere close around there, whichever direction it goes, but definitely have Texas A&M. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a close game uh, and low scoring, too. Like you said, Texas A&M has one of the top defenses in the country. Uh, their game last week against Auburn was just a slugfest the whole first half. Uh, I mean, even the second half, too, really. Um, you know, they got a couple big plays on offense and were able to pull away. But I think it's going to be more of the same this week. But I actually think Ole Miss is going to pull this one out. Um, they're at home. You know, that crowd always seems to show up for the big home games. Um, and I think it's going to make a tough environment for Texas A&M. And I think they're going to rattle uh, the, their young QB. And I think they're just going to do enough to hang around long uh, into the game. And then at the end of the night, I think they're able to to, to upset them and, and walk out of walk out of there with a big win. Um, yeah, and this is a big Hasman implication game for Corral. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if he's able to put up big numbers in this, then he keeps his name. And now after the Alabama game, his name kind of fell away. Um, but I think with a big game from him here, um, he's able to get his name back up in there. Um, maybe not in the top five, maybe not a finalist, but definitely get a lot of people talking about him again. Yeah. Um, all right, last game over in college. Uh, we have NC State at Wake Forest. We just mentioned this briefly, you know, battle for supremacy in the Atlantic. Um, so who do you got? So I'm not going to lie. I wrote down Wake. And I've been looking at this the whole time we were talking about Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Um, this is another one. I mean, this slate of games this week are going to be insane. It's going to be a great week of football. Um, and every game that we've had listed here, I feel like could come down to the wire. And, I mean, I have a lot of faith and respect for Wake Forest. But I know NC State isn't going to make it easy. And... I don't know. I don't know if I want to change my mind. You know what? I wrote down Wake. I'm going with Wake. Got to stick with the guy. All right. Well, I'm, I have Wake written down already. I'm going to stick with Wake. Um, I think they're going to be a little pissed off from last week. I think they're going to come out firing. Their offense seemingly scores at will as long as, um, you know, their QB doesn't make any mistakes like he did late in the game last week. Um, if And North Carolina State's offense is just too spotty at times. Um, you know, they lost – a key game at Miami because their offense just didn't show up. Um, so that reason alone gives me su- suspicion to pick them. Um, but I really think that, you know, after last week's loss, Wake Forest is going to come out a little up, little upset and uh, put a, put I wouldn't say put the, the thumping on them, but I definitely think it's, it's going to be not as close of a game as, as what a lot of people think it's going to be. Um, so that wraps up our college Could picks. Um, now, another note, we will be keeping track of who we picked and uh, who, what our records are. And um, just so you guys can you know, realize that I'm the better college game picker than oh, Nick is. All right. But uh, anyway, moving on, we have uh, six NFL games here. Uh, we're going to start it off with the Falcons visiting the Cowboys this week. All right. So this one made me think a little bit um, when I was sitting down looking at it. So, Dallas's entire D-line is basically injured. Um, I believe they only have one starter. I 
can't remember which one it is that's still healthy, but one of them. Um, they have uh, Dak is a big question mark for me. Um, he was having a great season, you know. He had the injury, and he comes in against Denver and just did not have a good game. Um, you know, nobody watching that game was like, oh well, Dak played great. I don't know why they didn't want him. like he didn't have a good game. And Atlanta lately has been catching momentum, um, looking better. It's, you know, they're not looking like playoff contenders or anything, but looking better. Matt Ryan's been looking more like himself again. And it's definitely a game that if Dallas is not on their best behavior, Atlanta's going to stick around. And, and we all know Matty Ice he'll make you pay if you let him stick around so yeah i got atlanta um i'm actually gonna take atlanta too with this i think they're trending upwards at the right time um their whole division right now is is pretty close um i think they have an outside chance at, at winning that if not even a wild card position um and like you said dallas has a lot of injuries right now um i think dak plays better this week um I, I think he'll play better too. Yeah, I think the, the Falcons do just enough to uh, to pull this one out. Um, especially you know the Cowboys last week, you know, they lose to the Broncos and they come out afterwards and go, oh well, you know they did what we thought we were gonna or what we thought they were gonna do. And it's like that makes no sense, but okay. Um, yeah, right. That's Dallas stuff. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I I think the Falcons do just enough. To, to win this one, you know, they have that taste in their mouth from two years ago, um, you know, when Dallas kicked that onside kick, and or, yeah, Dallas kicked the onside kick, you know, somehow recovered it, uh, so I think they, they have a little bit of revenge in, in them, and I, I think they pulled this one out. Um, moving on, we have the Saints at the Titans. I have Tennessee for this one. Um, the Saints are a good team, uh, especially when they're on the same page, but you know, you got key players missing. Tennessee's on a hot streak. They beat some of the best teams in the league. Honestly, I don't imagine this is going to be close. And I don't mean, like, you know, 45 nothing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably somewhere 24, 3, maybe 10 maybe a garbage touchdown in the end. It's just, it doesn't look good. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Trevor Simeon in at quarterback again this weekend for the Saints. Uh, Jameis Winston hurt. Um, I just think that Tennessee defense is going to be too much for him. Yeah. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara has struggled running the past couple weeks. Really, the only time he's getting major touches is, you know, through the passing game. Um, trust me, I know. Again, he's on my fantasy team. Um but yeah, I, th- I think the Titans' defense is just a little too much for them this week. Uh, and, you know, even without Derrick Henry last week, they looked really, really good. Yes. Um, and I, th- I think they, they keep that going. Um, now, it'll be a matter of time until, you know, having a weaker running game bites them. Um, and, you know, this may be that week. We, you know, we haven't really seen them face a team yet where they are forced to throw a lot. Um and we, we all know Ryan Tannehill can be very spotty at times. Um, but I absolutely think that, that they keep it together this week and that they get the win. Um, up next, we have the Vikings at the Chargers. I have Minnesota in this one. Um, 
and it's it's probably not going to be a pretty game. Um, and Minnesota is going to catch the wins that it seems like Minnesota always catches ugly games. Um, probably low scoring, some missed field goals. It just I, I get that feeling when I'm thinking about this game, and I think Minnesota is going to squeak it out. Uh, I'm I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to go with uh, San. I almost call him San Diego. I'm going with the Chargers. Um, I think they've had a, a rough past few weeks. Um, they've looked good at times. They've looked bad at times. Just very spotty. Um, I, I think they turn it around this week and they get their mind right and they get the game going. Um, and just for some reason, no matter what Minnesota does, it to me it almost feels like if they're in a good situation, they can't manage the clock. If they're in a bad situation, they just can't get it turned around. Um, I just think they make way too many mistakes way too often. And so I think with that being said, I think the Chargers are able to handle them and definitely squeak out the win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Like you said, yeah. probably, it's probably going to be an ugly game. Um, but That's I definitely, definitely think the, the Chargers are more equipped to handle games like that than the Vikings are. Uh, they just make way too many mistakes way too often. Um, so, yeah, I definitely see the Chargers winning that in my mind. Um, moving on, a big game in NFC. We have the Seahawks going to the Packers. Uh, so a lot of this game to me is going to or depend sorry, on if Rodgers plays. Um, obviously, if he doesn't play, Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers. Um, again, I have respect for Jordan Love. We talked about that previously, but mm-hmm. he's not Aaron Rodgers. And... If Rodgers isn't playing, that offense is going to take a huge downstep. And against Seattle, Seattle's got a solid defense. Um, Russell Wilson's back. He's probably going to want to make up some time. It's not going to look good for Green Bay if if Rodgers is not playing. Now, however, um, Green Bay's defense has had some bright spots and. Seattle's offense, while talented, even with Russin, um, has looked down at times. So, if Green Bay's defense happens to come out on a good game, Seattle, you know, not having Russin for a while, him just coming back, he's a little sluggish, get off to a slow start, then it might not matter who's in a quarterback for Green Bay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Green Bay in this one, um, no matter who plays at, Q, at QB. Um, just for me... With Wilson coming back, I think he's going to be a little too sluggish out of the gate. Um, and I think towards the end of the game last week, Jordan Love looked pretty good. Um, he did, yeah. So I, I think he's going to keep going with where he left off last week. Or if Rodgers comes back, you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be very difficult. Um, and you're playing in Lambeau. It's starting to get cold there. Now, granted, it, do, it does get cold in Washington, but I feel like Lambeau is always just a different kind of cold. Yeah. Um, this is an evening game, so it's going to be you know really chilly there at night. Um, so I think that's going to factor into it. But the Packers just have, I think, a good enough defense. Um, and the, the Seahawks just can't seem to find a rhythm ever this year. Uh, and so I, th- I think the Packers walk out of there um, with a big win uh, to get some momentum back after that rough loss to Kansas City last week. Uh, speaking of Kansas City, we have the Chiefs at the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football. Um, it's it's going to be a big game. Um, it's kind of going to be 
a weird big game, in my opinion, because um, both of these teams should be a lot better than what they are. Um, you know, the Raiders obviously <laughs> have had some, uh, we'll call them mental slip-ups, that have cost their team for the rest of the season. Um, one in particular, but we won't get into it. Uh, but regardless, um, Vegas has looked as the more consistent team. Kansas City has shown those spurts of the Kansas City that we expect to see four quarters of a game. Um, but they've, they haven't had the rhythm. They haven't had the consistency. They haven't been able to score at will all season like we expected them to be able to. Um, and the Raiders have played solid football this year. Um, they've had their slip-ups too. Like I said, it's going to be a matchup of two teams that should be a lot better than what they are. Um, and it's probably going to be ugly. But I have Vegas right now. Kansas City just does not look good at all. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm taking Las Vegas. Um, as you said, the Chiefs just do not um, have enough consistency yet for me to have any faith in them at all, especially Patrick Mahomes at QB. Um, I think the Raiders are, are going to come together this week, um, you know, after a rough few weeks here, um, and do just enough. You know, Josh Jacobs is having a really great season here as of late. Um, I think they do just enough to, uh, to keep the, the Chiefs at bay and uh, pull out the win on Sunday night football. Now moving on to Monday night football, we have the Rams at the 49ers. I don't have this one being close. Um, the Rams at this point are my favorite to win it all. Um, obviously, there's some other teams in there that are in contention, but as far as this game, San Francisco's been playing good football year, but I just don't see them competing against... I don't see their defense stopping that high-powered offense, um, which, by the way, we might see Odell in that game. I, I'm kind of thinking maybe not, but they might try to get him in a couple plays. Um, but that's a team right now that knows it's their chance. Uh, they went out, they grabbed Von Miller. They went out, grabbed Odell. And I'm interested to see exactly how high this team's ceiling is. Um, but again, I have the Rams. I don't think it's going to be close. I'm thinking at least three scores. I'm taking the Rams as well, but I think it's going to be a closer game. Um, the 49ers, for some reason, always just find a way to hang around more and then a lot of other teams. Um, but I definitely think the Rams just have way too much firepower for the 49ers to do anything about, and they're just way too inconsistent on offense. Um, so I definitely think that this is the Rams game to lose, um, but I think it's going to be a lot closer. Now, my only fear, you know, we briefly touched on Odell coming there. Um no matter where he goes, he always seems to be a bit of a locker room cancer. Now, all the reports so far indicate that everybody on that team wants him there. Everybody on that team is happy he's there. Um, it's just, it always seems like there's, whether it take two years um, or a month, that, you know, people in locker rooms just seem to turn against Odell. Um, now, obviously, I, I don't wish that on him. I don't wish that on anybody. I want him to go there and have great success. Um that's just my only concern is if something is to happen, um, it's going to, you know, tear, you know, a Super Bowl favorite team apart. 
I agree. Um, and you're definitely right to have those feelings. I thought about that. Um, and I was really thinking about Odell's career as a whole. You know, he had two good years with the Giants, moved on to the Browns, um, you know, wanted to play with Baker, that great defense. Quite honestly, he wants a ring. And I'm hoping for his sake um, and the Rams' sake, because I'm rooting for the Rams at this point, um, that he'll come in there and mesh. I mean, he could, if his production at Cleveland is any indicator of where his talent level is, he won't even start on that team. Right. Um, so it's going to require his best. And I'm hoping that for his sake, for the team's sake, his best comes out. And if so, watch out because Matthew Stafford was the missing piece on that team. And he's already got insane talent to throw the ball to. Yeah, you add Odell to that, especially a, a you know prime Odell or top tier Odell, it's over. Yeah, I, I agree. If if they can get that that team to mesh, and you know play together, um, they're they're unstoppable. Um, so that wraps up our picks for this week. Uh, we're gonna move over to the betting side of sports. Uh, I'm gonna take care of the college football bets for this weekend that I think you should watch out for. Um, I'm going to give you just three regular bets, one bet that's kind of a hot take, and another one that is an absolute lock. Um, so I'm going to start off. Right now, Baylor is plus 5.5 uh, at home against Oklahoma. I think you should absolutely take Baylor plus 5.5. Um, I think it's going to be closer than that, if not a big win for Baylor. Um, so I'm taking Baylor 5.5. Um, Michigan State is only favored by 12 points at home against Maryland. Um I, I don't understand why. Maryland, you know, held Penn State to a, a closer game last week. But other than that, they have not played well against big-time opponents. Um, I think Michigan State runs all over them, especially with Walker. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't see that being closer than 12 points. I'm honestly shocked that's all the spread is. But, you know, whatever. It's free money, basically. Um, then we have North Carolina State, Wake. Uh, the over-under is only 66.5. Last week, Wake Forest put up 58 points or excuse me, 55 points um, against North Carolina. I think they do more of the same this week. And North Carolina State can score when their offense is on, too. Um, I'm definitely taking the over there. Uh, now for my hot take, uh, Purdue is plus 21. Um, Oof. I mean, I, I really don't understand that one either. But I think that that game is definitely a lot closer. You know, like we, we made our picks earlier, you think Purdue's going to win. I still think Ohio State's going to win, but I don't see it being a three-score game. Um, no, I, and, I really and Ohio agree. State, I mean, they had a similar spread to Penn State and, you know, wasn't covered. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely taking the, the, the money there at plus 21. Um, my lock of the week, uh, Charlotte is playing at Louisiana. Uh, Charlotte is 5-4, and four, and they're at a 2-7 and seven Louisiana Tech. I really don't understand how Charlotte's plus 7 going into this game, so they are my <laughs> absolute lock, uh, you know, to, to beat the spread there. Um so that wraps up my bets for this week. Um, I'm going to put $10 on that, and we're going to see where we sit Monday morning. Oh, all right. All right, so for the NFL, we got, first up, Arizona minus 10 versus Carolina. Now, that Carolina defense is a good defense. Um, and obviously, Arizona 
great talent on offense. Um, I, I this isn't. I have this as. I could definitely be wrong about this, for sure. Um, but it was a bet that when I seen it, you know, you got to go with the gut instinct. So I went with the gut instinct. Arizona minus ten versus Carolina. Number two, we just talked about this. Green Bay minus three point five versus Seattle. Um, Aaron Rodgers plays. It's nowhere close. Even if Jordan Love plays, I have Seattle winning by a field goal. George has them winning. I feel like minus 3.5 against Seattle is a lock. Um, but my absolute lock for this week was the Rams minus 4 against Seattle. Um, it's, like I said, I, I expect it's going to be a blowout. Even if it's a close game, minus 4 when you're talking about an offense like the Rams have. I have them at the very least winning by a touchdown. Um, so the minus 4 for the Rams was an absolute was my absolute lock. Um, number four, I had the Raiders plus 2.5 versus Chiefs. Um, like I said, I had the Raiders winning. So, obviously, to me, plus 2.5 was easy decision. And my hot take, I had told George this earlier, and he didn't, he didn't respond on how he felt about it. So, I'm interested to see what he thinks now. But my hot take for this week is... Washington football team plus 9.5 versus Tampa Bay. Um, I, I think that's honestly a good pick. Um, Tampa's going to be missing a few pieces this week. Brown's out. Um, and Washington just always seems to play, you know, their toughest opponents close. Um, this is a rematch. And the defense has been getting better. Yeah, absolutely. This is a rematch of the wild card game from last year, which, you know, nobody expected Washington to have a shot in, and they almost snuck it out uh, against a team that went on to win the Super Bowl. Um but I, yeah, I, de- I definitely think that's that's a that's a good hot take. Honestly, I feel like that's probably a lock. I think it's gonna be a pretty tight game. Um, Mike, I'm sure Mike might be happy to hear you say that. Mike, <laughs> I, know, I know you're gonna be listening to this. You're going down, man. Yeah. Nah, but anyway. Um, but yeah. So moving Mike. on. Last thing we're gonna do for this episode, uh, we're each gonna pick five players this week, uh, and we're gonna tell you whether you should start them in fantasy or whether you should bench them this week. Uh, Nick, why don't you go ahead and give us your five? All right, my five, uh, so first of all, I picked all five starters because I'm all about scoring high points. Um, so these are all people that I felt like should be starting. If you have these people, I wanted to make sure you were starting them. So up first, I got Cordero Patterson versus Dallas. He's been balling all season. He's the glue that's been holding that Atlanta offense together, and he's going to have a good matchup. Um, Dallas is secondary. I don't know, maybe I'm a little biased, but I don't think they're – as good as they look this season, Stephon Diggs has a lot of interceptions. Um, he's definitely got good ball skills, but I've seen him get beat on double moves um, a couple times, and Patterson could definitely do that to him if that's who's guarding him. Um, I definitely think that Patterson needs to be starting if he's on your team. If you don't have him starting for some weird reason, you better start him. And along with that, my number two pick was Dak. Um, obviously he's facing Atlanta. Atlanta's secondary is shaky. It's a get right game for him. Um, it's going to be a high scoring, high twenties, low thirties is what I mean by high scoring. Um, and he's got something to prove. Uh, again, I think Atlanta's going to pull that out, but I think Dak's going to have himself a good game. Um, you could probably count on a Ezekiel Elliott fumble somewhere in there. That'll help them out. So 
<laughs> anyway, my number three pick, uh, Matt Stafford versus San Francisco. Um, that San Francisco defense is not going to be able to hang with that wide receiver group. Um, I envision, you know, whether it's a blowout or a close game, I imagine Matt Stafford's going to have a very efficient game. Uh, two touchdowns, have himself a day. Along with that, my fourth pick is Henderson because I believe that they're going to blow out San Francisco, uh, which after, if I'm going by my prediction, not the modest one that I just said, but my true one, Matt Stafford's throwing for three touchdowns, and then he's handing the ball off to Henderson the rest of the game. Henderson's going to do what he does, score points. It's going to be great. If you got the two of them on the same league, you better have them both starting because they're both going off. And my fifth and final pick is Dalvin Cook versus the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers give up their fourth highest, or the fourth highest fantasy points to running backs. Um, Dalvin Cook has had his games where he hasn't looked great this year, but I think he's he's going to be a big part of, of this game. And again, I have Minnesota winning. So I believe he's going for two touchdowns. I should have put that in the bets, but Dalvin Cook, start him. All right, so I'm going to move on. Uh, I'm going to give you my five players to uh, start or bench this week. Um, first up, Najee Harris at uh, Detroit. You better start him. Um, oh, you better. The Lions have the 29th ranked defense in the league against the run. Um, you 100% need to start him this week. He, um, he almost made my list. Yeah. Uh, next up, I have you. Uh, you need to start Jerry Judy this week. Um, last week, he just returned. Um, he ranked third on his team in targets, uh, but at third, he was only a few targets behind um, you know, Patrick, uh, and I can't remember who was in second. And Patrick uh, came out of nowhere, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but the Eagles have a hurting secondary. I think Judy is going to put up a decent amount of points. Uh, I think he's a great wide receiver, too, or even a flex option. Um, definitely somebody that you need to start this week. Um, now, for my benchings, uh, you need to bench David uh, Njoku. Um, he has a, a really tough matchup this week against a really good New England linebacking core. Um, I think Cleveland is going to focus on pounding the rock this week. Uh, and, you know, if they're going to throw the ball, it's going to be out to the receivers. Um, I think Njoku is just going to get left behind this week. So I think he's probably a safe bet to bench. Um, Kirk Cousins. Uh, you need the bench in this week. Uh, the Chargers allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to QBs this season. Um, Cousins has looked good at times, um, but definitely not great. Uh, and, and like you said, Dalvin Cook, I think, is going to get a lot of carries this week. Um, and they're going to focus on the running game. So I definitely think you need the, the bench Kirk Cousins. And lastly, I benched Tyler Lockett. Um, Russell Wilson's returning. Uh, he's not... I think going to be up to 100% yet. Uh, it's, you know, just getting back into getting his feet wet. Um, so I think Lockett, if anything, is going to get left behind in targets. Um, and I think the Packers' defense is just going to be too much for the passing game of Seattle anyway. Um, so I, and, and plus, Tyler Lockett's been very spotty all year. Um, yes, yes. My fantasy so, team would back that statement. <laughs> so I, I definitely think he's, he's probably won the bench this week. Uh, like I said, just with Wilson returning and trying to find his groove again, 
and, and a stout Packers defense. I don't think it's going to be easy for Tyler Lockett at all. Um, so that will wrap up our Friday show here. Uh, just one quick thing, uh, one to go over. We, we have one social media account now. We have a Twitter all set up. Uh, oh, yeah. So we would love for you guys to head over there and check us out. Uh, we're going to post you know, every episode onto there. We're going to do some, some polls every once in a while, put out some questions. We want your feedback. We'll read some of that feedback here on the air. Um, but we definitely want you guys to check us out at Jack Wagon Sports. Um, we'd really appreciate any support over there as well. We're working on getting some other social medias put up. Um, I'm going to the Coastal Carolina-Georgia Southern game this weekend. I'm going to make in a little vlog. We're going to work on getting our YouTube set up, and we're going to post that onto there. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, like I said, please head over to our Twitter and check us out. More to come in the social media world. Um, but everybody have a great Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, this has been George. I'm Nick. Show us some love on the Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, this is another production of Jack Wagon Sports. You guys have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, guys.